welcome to Every Horror Movie on Netflix, the show where we talk, discuss, argue about, etc. Every horror movie on Netflix. Usually we go in alphabetical order, but tonight we're breaking the order because it, we spun the wheel of death and Elizabeth decided we were all going to watch It Follows. Three times in a row, Elizabeth. How does it feel? It feels embarrassing, but I think now we should just stop spinning the wheel of death and I'll just pick every fifth movie because hey, it's clearly pointless. You've done well each time. I'm so glad you picked this movie. Well, and so Elizabeth and I are going to Vegas. Really? Yep. You're going to spin the wheel. Oh, okay. I will. I'll win us all millions. Yep. <laughs> it's going to be great. Hopefully your talents transfer. Now, before we get into this movie, though, we got to have a quick little program note. Um... Basically, guys, I don't know. How do we break this news to our, our fans? Basically, it is with a heavy heart that we do this. We should say right off the bat. I think we should build it up as if we're ending the show. We're not. So then they'll be happy when they find out what's actually happening. I, I think that's a solid plan. Well, it's their fault. If we had more of them, we probably wouldn't be doing this. No, I think we'd still be doing this. Well, basically, we're uh, we're going to be slowing down our release schedule a little bit. You know, we took that little break a few weeks ago, and we loved it so much. We were like, you know what? We want to take breaks every other week. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, after this episode, we're going to be moving to a bi-weekly format. Um, so you will be getting us every other Thursday instead of every Thursday. But don't be sad, because we're hoping to use some of this extra time to, you know, Maybe do some things that we didn't have time to do before. You know, add some stuff to our website. Maybe do some little bonus features on the side that we uh, don't have time to develop right now. And rest assured, we're still going to be watching every goddamn horror movie on Netflix. And I'd like to say, some of you are probably thinking to yourselves, "Up, oh, this is the slow, a slow death. This is the, the ship is sinking. Right. And we want to reassure you that that's not the case. We're very dedicated. The podcast is not ending until we get to Zombies or whatever. Or Zombies 6. Zo- whatever's <laughs> there. Um, and we're hoping to do some fun little bonus apps about some things that we really care about instead of Ato Blanco or whatever that may be. Sure. Well, maybe just to to lift the spirits of those who are so disappointed right now. You know, we've been talking about, I won't spoil anything yet, but uh, we have uh, potentially an interview with a director of one of the films we reviewed in the works. That, yep. that That's the kind of content we want to have the time and energy to bring you. Yes. Our, our Malaysian fans. Right now, all our time as energy is, has, is taken up by watching every horror movie on Netflix. So... Really, like, most of my time, it feels like. <laughs> so, cramming in uh, these movies, which are, like, 70% terrible. Uh, to Maybe that's an underestimate. Uh, to be able to talk about them on the show, I think, think we can all use a little break. So, yeah, don't worry. We'll be back on February 22nd, and we'll be back to alphabetical order. We're almost to the end of the A's. We're doing Ava's Possessions, two weeks from today. So, join us then. But today, we're talking about... It Follows. Elizabeth's pick. Why did you pick It Follows? Well, I was racked with guilt as soon as it, the wheel landed on my name because it's really not been fair. Uh, and we did have a debate about the statistical probability of all this. We, It's a fair wheel. We tested it. It's a fair it. wheel. We tested it. Um, I picked it because uh, I heard it was good. And that's pretty much the only reason why. Because, you know, it's good to throw in a good movie once in a while it follows is you know in case you haven't heard one of the perennial recommended best movies horror movies on netflix sort of things it always makes the lists and it was filmed in detroit and you guys know how i love my michigan movies even if sometimes they're ontario movies i want an apology (laughs) because last week i said that it was mostly done in the suburbs and everyone was like no it's detroit now that we've seen it obviously all in the suburbs. Yep. Like two scenes in the city. Dude, what? They go to some abandoned houses that I think they are They do, in but it's mostly Redford. From what I can or tell, it's, anyway. It's Warren. It's Clawson. It's Redford. It's... I, I was I was Google mapping the intersections throughout this movie. Where's 12 Mile and Tyler? That, that is, is in the suburbs. <laughs> that's Warren, I think. Interesting. Or... I don't know. Yeah, that must have been shitty to film this movie. Just driving around, like, yeah, not nice suburbs of Detroit. Yeah, yeah, like it takes you 45 minutes to drive 
yeah. 10 miles in those suburbs, or sometimes it seems like it. Anyway, fine. Got your van with all the lighting shit in it. Anyway. You making fun? No. Oh, okay. Anyway, so yeah, so but but three of us have seen this movie before, so this is a little mm-hmm. revisit. Yeah, I've seen it a couple of times. I, I saw it when it first came out. The director was in attendance. It was at the old cinema Detroit. You uh, in... saw David Robert Mitchell. Yeah. The new American master. Well, he's only made two movies, and <laughs> the, the last one was this. So I, I thought that was that. the name of the man who kidnapped Elizabeth Smart. <laughs> he does have three names, so he's got to be up to no good. Yeah, that's just nothing good about that. He's probably going to kill someone. Uh Chris would be the only one who would know. I, I think know. his last name was Mitchell. It's oh. it's like, but it, it's three names. Maybe that's why the, the, he hasn't had made another movie since. Because he's been follows. He's in jail. <laughs> in jail. In prison. Uh, yeah, I also saw it at the cinema Detroit. Oh, you did? Okay, great. Yeah, when it was, it used to be in an abandoned school. Yeah. Right? So, it, like, you were watching the movie, like, in the auditorium, which is creepy for a movie about, you know, teenagers. Oh, so. guess what his Thank name is? Thank you, Betsy DeVos. Guess what his name is? <laughs> Sorry. Robert that David was dank. Mitchell. His name is Brian David Mitchell. Brian. Duke kidnapped Elizabeth Smart. Oh, good job. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, you pay attention to news stories about people named Elizabeth. Yes, and women getting kidnapped, because I have to be prepared for anything that could happen to me. Anyway, so you guys saw it. Where'd you see it, Patrick? I don't remember. I, I think that was when I was still reviewing movies professionally, and I probably saw a screening of it somewhere. They all kind of blend together. No one saw it at the Redford, though, sadly. Uh, seen a, f- a theater featured in the film. Mm-hmm. And a very cool scene that yeah. I'd completely forgotten. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably the best scene in the movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so for, for the few... I mean, this is a horror podcast. You've at least heard of It Follows. If you haven't, just go watch it. Don't even listen to us talk about it. You've so would you give it, it a view it? <laughs> Are we doing that? No, but anyway, so basically what we have here, the plot is exceedingly simple, which I think is one of the strengths of a movie like this. Essentially, there's there's a kind of STD you, that is being passed around by teenagers. We don't know where it comes from, but when you have sex with someone who has this thing uh, an entity follows you and the only way to get rid of it is to pass it on to someone else and the movie explains this pretty early on um and that's really what it is we're following a, a group of teenagers but mainly a girl named jay cue the music i said to elizabeth i was like too bad this isn't jay Jay fucks so much he would never see that thing again. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't have time to think about it. Well, for there's only one of it though. It's not like so, a, yeah, right. There's so one person has this quote unquote disease at a time. So a young girl named Jay, uh, you know, we see her early on at a date. She's got kind of this sweetheart who's a little bit older. He's 21. They have sex in a car, and we get the sense that she's very much in love with him. And it turns out. He's really trying to pass this thing on to her, and that's sort of where where the action begins. You know, we can go back and talk about the opening scene, which is pretty dramatic and has been passed oh, God, around a yeah. lot on the internet. But essentially, that's where it begins, and he, he, he ties her up so she can see the thing, the entity that takes the form of a, a human shape. Sometimes it's someone you recognize. Sometimes it's someone who just looks creepy. It depends on if the thing is trying to scare you or appeal to your emotions, and he wants her to to see this is real, which I thought was a nice touch, um, ties her down. And then from there on, she's trying to figure out, what do I do? Like, do, do I pass this thing on? Do I keep running from it? You know? If because it if her, it catches it'll you, kill it'll kill you. It yeah, will, yeah that, that's worth noting as well. It will it will kill you in a horrifying way, as we see in the first, you know, three minutes of this movie. Oh, yeah. Can we? Yeah, let's talk let's about, talk about, about the opening. opening for a second. I mean, a, a girl just runs out of a house. It's a single... Well, it's not all a single shot, but there's one striking single shot as this girl runs out of a house in high heels, running from something we can't see. Her neighbors are like, are you okay? Is anything going on? And she's like, no, I, I'm fine. I'm fine. She runs back into the house, gets into her the car. Her dad is and calling drives her. Away. Yeah, her dad asks her if everything's okay. And it's, it's just so striking because, I mean, going in cold... Um, you know, it's such a weird, unsettling scene that just doesn't obey any rule that you might have in mind for a stalker or a horror movie. You're just immediately going, 
what the fuck is going it's on it's like here? halloween without michael myers yeah you know she just runs in this circle around the suburban street in her heels and like what looks like a like a, a i don't know like a nighty or something what is she wearing i don't there? know why she was wearing heels but yeah i don't understand it either but it looks cool i guess male gaze <laughs> really that's and why she's wearing heels yeah yeah she she gets in the car she drives off to the beach she's sitting there with the headlights Huddled. on in front of her and we get the sense that she's being pursued by something we can't see it and then uh, you know, she's kind of at the edge of the the edge of the beach. Headlights in front of her, so she can see everything around her. Cut to her corpse on the beach, with that that healed foot curved backward toward her face. Her leg has been broken at the knee. Backward, yeah, at yeah. the knee. She's been taking some jujitsu. I don't know about <laughs> I don't know about male gaze though, because there's not a lot of it in this film, and if anything, it's indicting male gaze. I mean, because it doesn't sexualize her in that opening scene. I feel like you're just intended to think uh, that it has come for her while she's been in the time, middle of yeah. getting ready for something, let's, and so she just goes running out of the fucking house in her heels. Let's come back to that. I don't know how I feel about we this can. Movie I mean, that's and, a bigger discussion, yeah. but I don't really feel like that's the reason for that happening in that scene. Personally. Well. First of all, automatically, this is a great and unique premise because this entity can only move at one speed, which is walking. Michael Myers level. Mm -hmm. um, And takes many forms. But you can kind of like as you watch this movie, you can begin to pick it out because it walks at the same pace and it's like singularly focused. But it's kind of weird because it's like. In some ways, really easy to avoid. Like, if you see it coming down the street, you can easily run or get in a car and escape it for hours or even days at a time because it has to follow you, which is unique because, like, humans can at least run or do whatever, and usually other ghosts can pop out at any time. So I really like that. But but it's oppressive. It's never going to go away. It's And it's both easier... And harder to outrun than you expect. Yeah, yeah well, it's not only never going to go... I mean, I, I, it's true that it, it may never go away because if you pass it on to someone and they die, it follows the chain back. So if it gets... Mm-hmm. If, and that's why I think it's cool that like the boyfriend is like, I'm passing this on to you, but I want to make it clear to you, this thing is real. You have to see it to believe it. I'm going to explain all the rules because if... It dies, I'm just fucked again. Yeah, if it kills you, it's going to come after me, which why would she care? This guy basically just had, basically just, I mean, it's almost like rape in a way because he's having sex with her, with her not being able to consent to this thing that she's contracting. Well, not only that, but you find out that he was using a fake identity and all kinds of stuff to get with her in the first place. I don't know. I mean, when that kind of thing happens, what are you real, like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? That's I like what the whole when you say about, that yeah. kind of thing. Like when you just get, when you're just being followed by an evil presence. By an evil STD do? entity. Yeah. I well, mean, it works excuse. as a great metaphor for, I mean, these are all kids who are um, pretty young. I would guess like, you know, maybe freshmen, sophomores in high school. They're figuring out their sexuality. And there's a lot of like guilt and fear that comes with exploring that. You know, Jay has a couple of love interests. She kind of likes the boy across the street. <laughs> if you want to talk about male gaze, there's female gaze here too, because a great shot driving down the street of him washing his car in this very sexy way as like the sun is glistening off of the car mm-hmm. and she's kind of got a thing for her dorky friend Paul but she's also got this 21 year old that she's interested in and it's really kind of about her figuring out like I want to have explore myself sexually but I'm also have these these emotional feelings too and like how do I reconcile that so when she makes mistakes by having sex with someone who maybe she's not really in love with it kind of haunts you you know especially at that age when this is the first time you're experiencing that so I think the 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 it is like a great metaphor for for yeah the the guilt the shame the confusion that that can that can stick with you after you have experiences like that when you're experimenting mm-hmm. yeah I like the way you said that because something that bothered me throughout this movie is I couldn't put my finger on what the movie was trying to say about sex. But I don't know that it's clear. This is this is my read on it, and I don't know that all the evidence is there. But I just get the sense like that's what he's trying to do. And having seen the the Q and A with him as well, that seems pretty close to it. But it, it is ambiguous, like the best sort of urban legends it's like what stephen king would call like a tale of the hook you know the classic like you know lover's lane thing the story that kids tell around the campfire where like there's not really necessarily a a morality there you can sort of like read into it what you want well i think most urban legends you can read a morality into often they are warnings against transgressing 
the rules, uh, warnings about not partying, not having sex. Do you read this movie that way, though? That's a, that's a good I couldn't point figure it out. Yeah. I don't think that there's any message about that in this movie. None of these people seem unsure about sex. No one seems uncomfortable with it except for maybe the dorky kid Paul who's like really into Jane and like wants to have sex with her but even he doesn't seem like nervous about it he's just like wants to have sex with her and I mean she's clearly been having sex for many years she mentions having had sex in high school and stuff um what I liked about it is that over the course of the movie she ends up having sex with like three different guys which Mm -hmm. in many movies you would think like that's a lot, you know, because like usually there's not that much of a woman having that much sex with that many guys in a movie, but it doesn't seem slutty. It doesn't seem it just seems like she's a normal person living her life tr- doing that in a logical way, which I thought was good. But I mean, I didn't think that anyone I didn't think it was really an exploration movie or anything like that. I, I didn't get that. I just thought it seemed regular. I mean, two thoughts on that. I was reading an interview with Mitchell where he was saying, you know, people want to make it about STDs or about whatever. And he, um, at least in the interview I read, just sort of rejected all of those. He said he doesn't really want to put that much of a label on it. I would add to that, though, I think it's more about um, maturity and growing into adulthood more than it is anything about sex. I mean, there are a lot of monologues about... um, moving into adulthood and uh you know sort of facing the scary things that you've been kept from as a child and also accepting just sort of the weight of mortality in general there's i mean those are yeah we've got lots of readings from the idiot in this almost a little almost a little too obviously encoded (laughs) but yeah i feel like it's about that more then it's even about sex or STDs, honestly. But there's also just kind of a primal thing that it's playing on there with STDs, I think. And and just the primal fear that comes with the idea of something following you. There's just something fucking creepy about something that's not chasing you, but just mm-hmm. fucking creeping up on you no matter where you are. I was going to say, I feel like the pace of the walking would make this thing just more obnoxious than horrifying. I'd be like, oh, I got to go again. Yeah. But, you know, mm-hmm. I, I drive all I drive between Monroe and Ann Arbor more often than I want to, and nothing's even following me. It's a pain in the ass. And, and, <laughs> and that's what I'm talking about, the, the idea of, like, sort of the... Uh, the realization of your own mortality the final like quote that the one girl reads at the end is something about realizing the just the pain of knowing that it's all going to end at some point is worse than the pain of any wound and that idea and this comes across more in the ending as well too in a way that we'll probably talk about later but just the idea of something always following you you know it works on a primal level so well that, I mean, I just like naturally being who I am, want to re- read more into the text than maybe is there. But I, I feel like he, he had to have made this movie knowing that like, like this is like th- this is so vague and plays with so many different ideas and concepts. Like people are this is a movie where like everyone who sees it is going to have their own story about what it's really about because mm-hmm. he leaves so much empty space there. Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel deliberately i didn't feel like this was like it was lazy in any sense whatsoever it seemed very calculated Mm -hmm. uh, which can be rare for low budget indie horror movies like this as we've seen over the past several months here's something that's been on my mind that i want to get y'all's thoughts on so you know it takes many different forms as we've discussed already and one of the things that uh what's his name the douchebag who gives this thing to jay uh hugh slash jeff Wait, why do you see? We that find out you? his name. Is oh, Richard. that's right, his secret identity. Yeah, that's right. But he says, you know, it'll take the. It can take the form of someone you know. It can be someone you don't know at all. Whatever it takes for it to get close to you. And well, one sort of nitpick I have with this is that it turns into some random things sometimes. Where I'm like, how does that help it get any? Clo-? Like, how does it being this old ass mental patient walking across a high school campus help it get closer to her it is creepy but i was or just how fascinated. does it being like way too tall to go through a normal doorway help it get closer more to yeah. like butt ass naked yeah and it's it's nude a lot of the time which makes me think maybe it takes the form of its previous victims how they looked maybe as it killed them because some of them are nude or half nude like it it's like absorbs their 
their, like, their, their appearance yeah. somehow. Like, yeah. you can only, like, imitate the forms of, like, things that it's encountered. Yeah. Well, it ultimately, I don't think this is a severe spoiler, it ultimately takes the form of her dad. Yeah. Did you yeah. catch that? Yeah. yeah. I did catch that. Oh, okay. Yeah. You mean when he's standing naked on the roof? No, 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 no in, in the, the pool. pool. Oh, in the pool. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyway. Right. Um, well, I was disappointed because... Oh, but that's probably her dad on the roof, too, right? No, it's not her dad on the it's roof. Not. That's an old guy with a beard. Oh. Well, the, I could barely see him. I, I did have a question about... I'm sorry I'm interrupting you, but I had I did ahead. have a weird thought about that. I was like, how the fuck did they film that scene in like a residential neighborhood with a dude <laughs> just standing dick out on a He's roof? so far away, it could have been... He could have just been kind of... It seems like he could have had a little something. loincloth. Yeah, yeah, that's Or true. a lot of No, I mean, hair. that was his dick, like... It was? Dude, what? Yeah. I couldn't see anything but hair. I always Steve looked. He just had a bit. He had a bit. I looked for the dick. There's a dick in there somewhere. <laughs> Everybody's Chris. got one. Every well, man, anyway. I was going to say, I was a little disappointed the first time I saw this movie. And again, <laughs> because I because the first kind of creepy thing that happens after she knows she's being followed is that big rubber ball hits the window and yeah. she's in the bathroom. And I was like... Can it change into oh, inanimate, inanimate objects. objects? And I think that would be hilarious. Uh, maybe they, maybe it would be <laughs> like hilarious, rubber. and that's why they didn't do it. Like I think you know, you're just chilling in the park, and there's like a tire rolling. Yeah. Like I wanted to see more of it changing into things that weren't just obviously out well, of place. Well, there's a movie where that happens, and it's called Rubber. Yeah. Look it up. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's about a tire. It's about a killer tire. <laughs> okay. I thought you knew that. Well, I thought that's why you said the no, tire. No, a tire or you know anything. A tumbleweed. She's like in the school, and there's a vending machine that's just kind of like moving i've got another movie for you maximum overdrive (laughs) (laughs) well what are you serious though i think well i thought it'd be interesting well because you see that ball and the ball is scary and it's like is it the ball Right, I love like, that for can half it a second. Throw sure. things, yeah. which it can't well, it can obviously. But yeah. but well, what I was interested in is I think with focus and careful note taking, you could learn to live with this thing. Oh yeah, you if could learn you, like just how far you have to drive yeah, to get a good night's sleep. Like yeah, it catches exactly. Up. It's like having a real STD. Oper- you it know, can be managed. It can be managed, and I no, I truly believe this because I thought about this, <laughs> and it's like. Lock it in the vault. No, or, or lock. It, okay, we're stop going, interrupting. We're going full. What's its mission here? It walks at the same right pace. <laughs> it walks at the same pace, so there's no question about how fast can it move. You know, you can calculate what you're able to get done based on the distance that you are away and where it was last seen. Well, maybe it can walk onto a bus and just now it's on a bus. You know, I, I, this movie deliberately, tra- I think, can it use transportation? Look, it's you not. Know, these the, are things give you the can pharmaceutical, all find out. Give the pharmaceutical industry another forty years, we'll have it cream. <laughs> there you go. God, I think you could spend a lot of time, you know, working out scenarios and technicalities and ways you could escape the it. But I think that's not really the point of the movie. Yeah, it's yeah. not relevant. <laughs> It's interesting for a couple of minutes. It's but interesting. Like, yeah. Like, well, if you fly to Hawaii, yeah, I mean, like whatever. I mean, that's the kind of thing. Uh, I, I like that we're naturally inclined to talk about that because this because it feels like a real urban legend. The way this movie looks and feels like I can imagine teenagers just sort of being like, "Have you heard about?" you know the thing that follows you and like i can see them being like, "Yeah, well, if I got it, I would do this," or like, you know, I wouldn't be too worried about it. I would give anything to know where that conversation is taking place and show up like balls naked, <laughs> just like slow in front of a bunch of teens. Well, really? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the question, though. I mean, there is a pretty obvious, also, solution to this problem if you don't have very many morals. Abstinence. No. I'll have sex. Have sex with a prostitute. Oh yes. Just get it gone. Yeah, get it gone, but you're still going to be worried about the next person. Yeah, but you're ideally. You. Yeah, yeah. Well, it only passes once, right? So you'd go. No, to, I think it keeps passing down the line. Well, you. Well, yeah, but you go to your hooker, and then the hooker would pass it on to her next client, right? And then the client would probably just get killed, and then the hooker would get killed, and, and now then it's you back get to killed. You. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Wait. So yeah, why were you saying that you should have sex with a hooker? I mean, I don't need a reason. I feel like there's a... Here's my thinking a, on this. If you have sex with a hooker, I don't know how many times this theoretical hooker bangs in a given night, but you could easily get it like seven, seven steps, steps removed. That's my point. It's gone, It's farther away than if you have sex with your good friend. Like in a like, night, and then yeah. that guy's probably fucking every 
right bang tail right, right, right. but it doesn't like once you pass it once the, it doesn't follow the person you have sex with next right i don't think so but you gotta you gotta have sex with like a sleaze ball who's then gonna have a lot more sex you gotta just you know if you you gotta pass it as quick as possible right so that the line just goes I like how we said we can talk about the technicalities <laughs> of this, but it's more interesting than okay, being urban legend. Whatever. And then we went into talking about more technicalities. I, just, I didn't I, bring it back up. I, mean, I was Elizabeth. It, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a good movie, but the concept to me is more fascinating than the movie was. Well, but see, the thing is, this is like this is how you all felt, or some of you felt about Saw. Like I put myself in this movie, and I'm like, how do I solve my problem if I'm Jane? Like, what do I do? You know. So I'm, that's why I think of all these same mantras. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right anyway so well let's talk more about the movie itself instead of me yeah Wait, so i mean where next? where did we kind of leave off well um, i'll talk well, we didn't talk too much about, <laughs> we didn't talk too much about plot but yeah well so so jane has contracted the follower it's jay it's jane no it's they jay. call her jay her name is jay she's repeatedly called jay I never heard Somebody her look Jane. it up. I never heard Jane. Um, I will look it up. But. She has contracted the follower, and she, I mean, for pretty much much, a lot of the movie, it's following her, and she's chasing it with the help of her sister, her several friends, blah, blah, blah. Right? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I didn't think... Jamie is her full name. That's why she's called Jay. But they call her Jay, yeah. yeah. I didn't... I was not impressed with how they developed the friend circle. Because it was confusing. I didn't really know anything about her sister or the friends. Like, the the one... The nerdy guy is fleshed out relatively well. Well, the nerdy guy in this... Like, they've all been childhood friends. Who is that girl with the glasses? That's confusing. Yeah, who, no That's nerdy cares. guy's sister. Oh, That's, is it? Well, wait, who cares? What? what? Isn't it? I don't think she's I didn't a think sister. So. I thought she was just kind of there. I don't know. Maybe I'm they, asking. They all seem to like live together, which is weird. They spend all their time together. It's like set. Like I had the sense that it, this movie had a really dreamlike quality to it, and it felt like those like halcyon days of youth that you remember. Yeah, we were always, always with together. your friends. Yeah, you were, like you like never, every night. You see them yeah. in school like once in this whole movie. Mostly they're just hanging out. Nerdy chick is reading Dostoevsky on her shell phone, which is a thing we should talk about. Yeah, what is that? I've never seen that. Is that a thing? No, it's not a thing. Uh, so, the new hamburger phone. Is it a this, fake? Is that like this, made for the movie? This, yeah, this came up in. Oh. This is like the only thing I remember from the Q and A. He wanted the movie to have, from what I remember, he wanted the movie to have like a, a kind of not a timeless quality, but he he wanted it to feel like this could kind of be anywhere within the last. 20 years or like the next mm. 10 years so like you see cars like some of the cars are just like vintage and some are some like are brand modern, new there's like yeah. SUVs and, and they like have like landlines she calls the guy on like landline. a landline big plastic phone yeah and the shell really phone weird. which is like I feel like it's mostly just a joke that it's you know it's a it's a shell it looks like a phone whatever cell phone shell phone like he just wanted like he just came up with that idea and he's like oh that's great let's just do that because that's just like a thing that looks like kind of 80s looking in the technology Technology, but like could also be from the future it's like but isn't it mostly serves the purpose of an e-reader well it's like a kindle yeah yeah Yeah. she she doesn't like she can't like make phone calls from it i'm assuming i i like that a lot actually especially because so many fucking movies prominently display the apple or samsung or windows or whatever fucking logo whatever they've been i wanted a little product place i like that there's an original piece of technology in the movie that's kind of cool yeah the prop master was like did you watch juno last night David and he was like no <laughs> his, his foot's pushing the DVD under his back <laughs> what I didn't like is I would have liked some uh, Detroit product placement with the colas um, there was some Grand Circus there was beer, some Grand though. Circus beers but give me some Fago give me Ugh. Jay wearing a Detroit Red Wings jersey through half this movie <laughs> and no, that Jesus is the biggest cue I've or biggest view that I've ever given or or she looks back and she's being followed by like Steve Eiserman <laughs> <laughs> You know, something to say for this movie, uh, I I kind of worried going back into it. I don't worry, that's, that's too strong a word. <laughs> I you were up to, last night. I had a, I, you know, just something I had in my mind when I was going to go back into this is like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned because I love this movie that I'm going to go back and I'm going to be like, okay, this is clearly like suburban Detroit porn. I thought like it was very much of its time and its place. And I saw it in Detroit, you know, and like related a lot to the settings, which I think even extend to 
parts of Monroe too. Like I have the same yeah. above ground pool that's in this movie. Yeah. yeah um, can we go it. for a great, great, great can we, detail? Can we come over this summer? Sure. Come on over to my parents' place and we'll have a little pool party. <laughs> Sounds fun. Um, it's going to be way better than the party in American Poltergeist too. Though. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's already enough of us. So. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm sorry, that was one. That was one with what doesn't matter. Anyway, there's lots of great details, and I, I, I kept that in mind while watching this. I was like, you know what? No, most movies take a lot of time to establish sort of the setting. It's important. Look at Halloween. You know, like it's very, it's clearly a, a specific time and place. And I thought this movie did that really well. There weren't a lot of just like distracting shots of like Detroit scenery. We didn't just see like the, the, the you know, the Detroit the skyline or something or the Rensen train well, station. Well, here's what I have to say. If you're not from Michigan, from Metro Detroit, you don't have no idea where this movie was filmed and you don't care and it's a fine movie. I think it would it's still look joyful. relatable. If yeah. you've lived in a suburb of a major in the suburb, city. It's fine. It's Until the gratuitous eight mile stuff, which I'm not a fan of at the that end. Was that was unnecessary. It's, it's not a big deal. That's like I kind of like seconds. that. And they I got think, an extra $10,000 no in tax are. breaks. It could be any road. Like, you understand what they're saying. It's yeah. not like you have to be from here. To, yeah, to it's like that. this is a place that I'm. I was told I'm not supposed to go. Yeah. So I like that they actually can reference a real place. You know. I yeah. mean, when you bring up the um, the Detroit porn, I thought you were going somewhere different with that. What I was sort of bothered by a little bit was, yeah, just the portrayal of Detroit. And I guess it's you know the the shittier suburbs of Detroit. It's not actually the city of Detroit, but it doesn't matter. Detroit, as portrayed in the movie, is this you know burnt out hellhole. You yeah. know, blighted houses. Oh, when was this made? This not is, all of it. This is the, huh? Not the whole movie. There's Every stuff that takes place in, mm. in blighted areas, well, but when those you, really exist. The mm. only stuff part of this movie that takes place in Detroit proper is like ruined house is porn. the blighted stuff. Yeah. yeah, and that's pretty much the only time you see black people, and it is it was kind of worrisome to me on that level. I think I think the the couple of minutes when you see black people kind of I was like mm, I don't know about that so much you know the the blight thing works though I'm I'm not big on the the ruin porn element of it of course but it still I think works in the sense that you have to have some way to represent the scary area that they've been told not to go into yeah it all ties you know? back to the theme so. yeah well I think back to oh, no sorry, sorry Steve please go. You sure? Yes. Well, <laughs> I, I think back to being a kid, and keep on. These are kids. They're like what, fifteen, sixteen year olds? Probably. No, she's done with high school. I, I would so say she's, like she's sixteen done with high school. to she's, nineteen. Yeah. She's nine. Really? She's like nineteen or twenty. Yeah, I think she's nineteen. Wait, yeah. Jay? Yeah. yeah, we see her in class. Is she in college? No, she has college. college. Yeah, oh, wow. College. I, I did not realize it. She seems so. She looks so young. Oh, I thought it was high school. Too. Okay, well then that throws my theory up. But I'm thinking like back to again the sort of like dreamlike halcyon days. Sort of thinking of this movie back to being a kid and spending time uh, with your friends. You know, when I was a kid, you know, if, if nobody drove, where could you go? But just like the ruins down the street, and a lot of this is set in Redford. Uh, that's where uh, you know my friends Reed and Mark live, and there's Redford, and then there's Brightmore, or as they call it, Blightmore. And if you're a kid who hangs out in the suburbs and you live in Redford and you don't have anywhere to go because you can't drive or you can't go to a bar or whatever, you're going to go wander around an abandoned school or something in the afternoon. Like I feel like that's a, that's a thing that I did a lot as a kid, and I think if you, if you lived in this area. It kind of makes sense, but I can see the ruin porn reading as well. I just didn't feel like it was trying to make a comment on like the state of affairs in Detroit and what Detroit looks like. Is it director? Uh, where's the director from? He's somewhere in Michigan. I don't know if he's. I don't think he's I from think Detroit. He's Metro. Oh, I thought. He was oh, from actually, Metro he's from Clawson because he went okay. to Clawson High School, okay. which oh, was yeah. changed into Lawson High School for the movie. So mm. my only thing, is, I guess, this doesn't make a point then because he's from there, but. I mean, if you are not familiar with Detroit and Detroit history, then driving through Detroit is really shocking because you go to Comerica Park and two streets down are the boarded up mansions with the fire. You know, I mean, it's a it's a it's surprising. And I think if you come to film a movie there, that's you're probably going to be like, this is fucking crazy. And you're going to highlight some of that. So I don't necessarily blame him for that usage because... Well, but he didn't come out of nowhere. He grew up. But the movie also—they never say—they never explicitly say anything about like this being Detroit. Like, yeah, we recognize the street names. I think anybody else watching this movie and Redford did get a wide release. Right, and this did get a wide release. I don't think anybody seeing this was like, oh wow, I'm not going to go anywhere near Detroit. Yeah, it's fucked up. I'd be interested to see how someone who wasn't from here would read the movie and where they would think it takes place. Ask our Malaysian fans. 
I mean, the eight mile reference New is York like City. pretty universal, I think. But but yeah. that's minor, and beyond that, I don't know. It just looks kind of like every I mean, town USA. Know eight you know, mile from the Eminem movie. Yeah, Eminem should have followed. <laughs> oh, can you imagine? <gasps> Naked Eminem. She's like sweating. She's like, do, do any of you see Marshall Mathers over there? <laughs> do you see the real Slim Shady? <laughs> <laughs> Her palms are sweaty. Is that the real Slim Shady, or is that uh, illusion? Jesus, someone needs to make a parody of It Follows with, like, Steve Eiserman and fucking Eminem. If only it had been nominated for the Oscars, they would put it in the Oscar skit thing and, and probably Only if do you that. had written it, Chris. Billy, Cri- it Billy Crystal would be following her. Jesus. <laughs> Naked. <laughs> Well, I've got that image in my head now. I'm not sad about it. it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, um, I think we said this before, but a lot of the movie is just the friend group kind of running from this it right they go to a beach house they go to, to a get beach away house to get away it follows them it catches up pretty they, quickly actually you know drive around trying to escape it they track down the man who gave jay it the quote-unquote disease and talk to him he gives them a little bit more info but it's basically like there's nothing i can fucking do and he's like I like that scene. He's like haunted. He's paranoid because like a girl's yeah. walking by, like carrying her like soccer ball. Oh, or whatever. that's one of my favorite. And, she's, and he's like, "Do you see this girl? Do you see?" It? And they're all like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Okay, okay." <laughs> I mean, it haunts you forever. You're never going to recover from this. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, you mentioned that beach house scene, which is there are a lot of cool things in that scene. Actually, that's a really creepy scene. But one of the things that really blew my mind was after they have this big tussle with it, Jay freaks the fuck out and steals um, what's his name's car? Gun. Oh, car. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name? Greg. 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 Yeah, that's right. She steals his car and just flees this beach house. And then it's a great um, crash scene. Yeah, one one take from the I think from the back seat of the car. Um, she's driving down the road. She's looking behind her, looking for it. Still, a truck is pulling out of a driveway. She swerves to avoid it and crashes into a cornfield. And she's actually driving the car. I was just kind of going. How was that one shot? Did that? a double take two. I was like, I was like, there's gotta be, there's gotta be a moment where it's like green screen or something, yeah. but it doesn't look like it at all. It no. looks so real. I'm like, oh, that's so Might fucking risky. And it's no, I mean, you see her because she looks around to look for it. You see her face. She looks back again to drive. But also and she crashing sees a car. And, I mean, you can crash a car into a cornfield. I guess it's not that dangerous. I think maybe with sound effects in the camera, they make it look more intense. Like they might have been going like two miles an hour. It's possible. Listen, it looks intense, though. It looks really intense. Micah Monroe or whatever her name is. What's her name? Yeah. She's great. And she's dating my love from Stranger Things. Uncle Jesse is his Instagram handle. Steve Harrington is his Stranger Things name. I can't remember his real name. <laughs> I like how you started with his Instagram handle, though. Most important. Thank you for that. Um, what's super great in this movie, uh, so Greg t- tries to teach Jay how to shoot a gun to f- fend off this thing. It's fun. It's beautiful. It was like Django Unchained. Um, here's the fucking thing. The Shooting fuck, a gun guys? is hard. And this fi- this movie, the first of its kind to finally admit that. You don't just pick up a gun and aim straight to the heart and hit it. Because there's many scenes in the rest of the movie with people shooting guns and they don't fucking know how and they're throwing bullets all over the place, which I liked <laughs> because it's hard to shoot a gun. And in all these movies, people pick up a gun and they're like, an intruder, and they hit him right in the heart. Rare to do yeah. and difficult. Well, when it comes at her, she fires like six, six times. times yeah, she because it's it hard to shoot a gun. And she yeah. like, it turns out they make a damn difference. Yeah. Especially with a shitty little revolver. Yeah, like well, that. that thing is oh, it's, well, cute. it's a I wild card. No. <laughs> a wild card. It is. It is. It is. Yeah. I could have a revolver right now, aim at Chris, and I would hit right the Bride of Frankenstein. Oh, no. <laughs> Which no. would you rather have me do? No, Micah is fucking great. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, has she been in anything else? No, I don't know. No, she 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 was. I don't remember what it was because I was looking her up because I was jealous. Well, maybe she just does all her own stunts. Maybe she's the new Tom Cruise. (laughs) No, she's she's amazing because there's a lot of stuff in this movie that she has to do non-verbally because her character is not the most verbally communicative, and she's really good. Yeah, the whole cast is is really decent. What'd you say? No, I'm just being an asshole. All right, I feel like we should review it soon, but I can't believe we haven't talked about the soundtrack yet. I mean, it's like one of the most... I, I want this on vinyl. It's amazing. I'm I sure they sell it on vinyl. No, I it, can it, perform it for you on it, vinyl. It is on Boom. vinyl. Boom. 
There's so much more to it than that. There's so much more. It's very like you know we're talking pre Stranger Things where now it's cool to sound like you're the the retro '80s vibe thing, which I'm I love it. I'm not gonna I'm not complaining about it, but. with this opening scene, I mean, our our own theme song definitely has a little retro eighties vibe. Hey, our it. theme song wouldn't exist without the It Follows <laughs> soundtrack. I listen to it at least once a week. It is the most played. I was telling Patrick, it's the most played thing on my iTunes. When I sit down, I've been trying to write a horror screenplay for fucking ever. And when I sit down and I'm reading short horror stories or I'm writing horror, that's the first thing I put on, and then I kind of branch out to other things. It just gets me in the mood. It's very John Carpenter esque, wow. but like. <laughs> uh, uh, amplified and, and, and pumped up, and, and I don't. I think it's great. And there are some tracks. I think they're actually quite beautiful. I, I think there are a few scenes in the movie which Chris, I'm sure, has them uh, ready to go to explain where the, it doesn't quite work. Uh, it feels like it's a little too much. Um, the soundtrack grew on me on this rewatch. I had been text. I texted Patrick in the first scene and I was like, Oh, I forgot how overbearing and ridiculous the soundtrack is. Cause I did remember it being like really try hard in a couple spots where it's like the synths are just going at full blast. And it's like in the first scene where like, she's like walking in a driveway and it's like, Oh God, isn't this the most intense thing you've ever seen? But after that, it mellows out. It's a good soundtrack. Shout out to disaster piece. He did a great job. Yeah, I mean, he's mostly known for, like, video game soundtracks. I think it's a good first try. Left a mark on me. Yeah, I liked it a lot. It had that old-school 80s Carpenter kind of vibe to it. I can't imagine listening to it once a week, though. There are some, like, pretty jarring tracks on this where it's like... I, like, I couldn't listen to that. Yeah, I mean, it gets me in the mood, like I said. I'll listen to that and then go on to The Witch, and then I'll go Mm. into my whole... I've got this whole library of... The analog synth music that's kind of spooky sounding that I, I dip into but it starts with it follows every time nice when I sit down and I'm trying to write pizza face killer <laughs> I listen to John Carpenter Pandora how about what do you think about Halloween 3 the soundtrack I'm not familiar I don't, I don't even know why I listen to it just it plays through the stereo I don't even know what the songs are oh, okay I feel like we should maybe drop in a clip or two of this music yeah well we'll do maybe that. when we go to the spoiler room we'll play heels Right, that's right. the opening track, right. appropriately named. Oh, okay. We'll play a little bit of heels on the way to the spoiler round. So and guys, maybe we can I'm, maybe we can talk about that male gaze issue as well. We yes, I would. I would love to. It'll all be, it'll all be very uh, thematic. When are men going to stop talking about the male gaze? <laughs> <laughs> love it from a woman. <laughs> when there's it's amazing. Like, yeah, when there's female directors making movies. I guess. <laughs> I mean, we'll need to worry about it. Oh, my God, you guys. All right, would you view it, cute or screwed? Elizabeth, I want to know what you think. This is your first time out with It Follows. I would say view it. I was really riveted. I thought the acting was no problem. And I think this proves to all the other movies that we've seen while watching every horror movie on Netflix that you can make a great horror movie on a low budget if you do it fucking right. Mm-hmm. No mm-hmm. problem. I would say... View it had a few problems with the last twenty minutes. We'll talk about them, but view it. Fantastic, Patrick. Oh, view it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I also have marginal problems with this. Also, probably in the last twenty minutes, but it's a good and held up for me, Chris. Chris, I'm gonna say cue it. It's a high cue it. But here's my experience with this movie. I own this movie on Blu-ray. Believe it or not. Well, um, I thought you owned it on DVD. ultimate burn dude all right (laughs) anyway but um i own it on blu-ray and one of the big reasons i buy movies on blu-ray is because i want to share them with people i want to loan them to people when people i'm talking about a movie to somebody i want to have it and be like here watch this or we can watch it together at the drop of a hat and i've had this movie for a couple years now and that hasn't happened i haven't felt compelled to tell anyone that they have to see it follows it's a good movie for sure but do you have to see it no, so that's it's by definition it's a cue it. Your scale is. I'm totally so with skewed. Chris, but I still give it a view it. Um, like I don't think it's is I don't think it's essential viewing, but I think if you feel like you've run out of great horror movies from the last ten years or so to watch, and you haven't seen it follows, you should see it follows. You're not going to regret it. Yeah, there are times when I think it kind of bottoms out in the the final third, but overall it, it it's un it. It's not unlike anything I've seen before because it calls back to Carpenter most obviously in its visual and oral aesthetic. But 
I don't know. It's great. It's got a great mood, great atmosphere. It's a concept that I think you're going to keep thinking about. It's got. It feels like an urban legend that I can't believe didn't already exist. On that merit alone, view it. Chris, you want to take us down to the spoiler room? Yeah. Nothing more to be said. We're going to see you in the spoiler room in a minute. We're going to be playing this track from the movie. So enjoy that. And, uh, yeah, if you wanted to take our advice and view it or cue it, go do it. Otherwise, we're going to spoil the shit out of this movie in about 15 seconds or so. Everybody, everybody, we're back from the spoiler room. It's still following, following, no, following. No, we're still in the spoiler room. <laughs> Please, no one have interrupted that. Oh I don't want that cut. That's, yeah, that's, that's got to be in there. I'm not, I'm not doing that. <laughs> we should rap in the style of Eminem. To Damn, I wish I could. We should just do a cipher. <laughs> What does that I mean? don't know what's happening anymore. What is the cipher? Guys, what are you talking about? Remember when he went in the parking garage and dissed Trump with like lyrics that kind of rhymed? And it was like, <laughs> check out Eminem's hot new cipher. What is a cipher? It's though? like not it's a, a rap. rap. It's like a, you're, it's like almost a rap. But it's, it's like, like no, a spoken word a poetry. I've, not, I've just never heard that term used that way before. This is new to me. Yeah. Guys are so hip. Well, uh, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back from the spoiler room. Uh, we're here, about to delve deep into these spoilers. It's that not was welcome a... back. We're still in the spoiler room. Oh, yeah. Welcome we're, to. We're, welcome to the spoiler room. Okay, so no, as we were watching this movie today, I remembered the trailer, which Steve and I got stoked about before this mm-hmm. movie came out. I remember watching the trailer and remember thinking the tagline was just the best thing I'd ever heard. And I rewatched the trailer today. Here's the tagline. It doesn't think. It doesn't feel. It doesn't give up. Then title card, of course. It follows. Just one of my favorite taglines. I totally forgot about that. I remember I was excited that there was finally a horror movie set in the Twitterverse. So guys, the sequel. It retweets. Um, what do we want to? What do we want to unpack first? Lots of things to spoil in this one. Well, the the movie steps up when Jay. <laughs> yes. Uh, fuck somebody else, right? She has sex with the neighbor boy, Greg. The car washer. Sexy car the, washer. The sexy car washer. Who reminded me of both Steve Harrington from Stranger Things <clears throat> and Tim Riggins from <clears throat> Night Lights. Neither, in my mind, but... He had that kind of little bad boy thing going. The jacket reminded me of I Steve. thought it was the, the guy from Stranger Things, but I don't watch Stranger Things. <laughs> so I have like a vague image of what that person looks like. Yeah. He just kind of filled that archetype, I guess. Not as well as Riggins or Steve Harrington do, I would say. I have a hard time believing there are Stranger Things in this movie. <laughs> you don't have much of an imagination. <laughs> well, anyway, they have sex in a hospital bed because she's crashed the car. Found as my we fetish. About. I found my fetish. Uh, we found, that was actually You found really it many hot. times. That was a like. The, the, there's something like kind of loving about actually all the sex scenes in this movie. There, there's a sense of like tenderness, like even the the opening one where she first contracts the thing. It actually it didn't feel like just like two kids like fucking as hard as they can in a car, you know, and like steaming up the windows. It was kind of there was like a gentleness to it. It's because the yeah. actors were actually having sex. Oh, okay. <laughs> Honestly, there's only one scene in this movie that feels that way to me. The first one felt very underwhelming because no one seemed to come and everyone seemed sort of. Everyone seemed so melancholy at the end, and that hospital bed scene is really weird because he's not paying any attention to her, and she's just kind of staring off into space, well, like freaking right. well, out about what's paranoid. going on with it. Well, yes, he's paranoid, definitely. But Here's I my didn't. whole interpretation of that. Obviously, first of all, that's kind of obligatory sex for her. Yeah, you know. Well, but it seems like she put some thought into it. Like he knows. It's not like she's tricking him, right? And her explanation of it later is that he doesn't seem. He seems competent and not afraid of the thing. Yeah, and, and they've had sex. They before. had sex before. Now, my interpretation is that he didn't believe in the thing at all, and he was using her for sex. My interpretation was that he didn't believe in the thing, and so he wanted to absolve her of her, like. Pain. Mm. Like I don't. It didn't. I don't know. Well, he didn't seem that um, 
empathetic he seemed to like me. he cared he for seemed her. like he was enjoying that sex and was not paying any attention to her yeah i think he was using her for sex and then when he's like i haven't seen shit i haven't seen shit and then later he eventually dies he gets strad- straddled thing. to death by his mom well what a way to go oh my god that like stephen king would have loved this movie yeah the motherfucking <laughs> It's a big but thing for him. Even well, not that, by his actual mom, though, we should clarify. It's it it's, in the guise of right. his mom. But it's tugging on the door in like a very like monstrous, you know, the way we've come to expect from the thing. And he's like, what the fuck, mom, when he opens the door and then he gets killed. So I think he never believed. I think that the reason he didn't see the thing sooner than he did is because he was also banging the girl that he's in high school with or whatever, who he's like whispering sweet nothings to. I think she dies off camera, and we don't even know about it. That's an interesting point, because I did oh, wonder about fuck. that scene. Because they're giving it back and forth to each other real quick. Is that what your point Cause, is? Cause, yeah, because yeah, yeah, they yeah. cut to him, and he's like whispering yeah. in her ear. It's and just a like standalone banging. scene. Yeah. I think that he gave it to her, and she died. And so he's like, I haven't seen anything for like a week, right? Yeah. And I think it's because it's killing the fuck. girl in the meantime. Oh, God. that's Yeah, that's true. That totally makes sense. That's I was so wondering about that, because they have that scene where he's flirting with another girl. and like In the lunchroom. In the lunchroom, yeah, yeah, the cafeteria. And I was like, what's the point of this? And I, that totally makes sense, because it's busy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have had chills for the past like 15 seconds since he brought that up. That's true. That's so good fucking point. good. Wow. Well, he Very perceptive, Chris. Yeah, okay. I think you might be right. But then let's, let's, let's... I'm sure other people have things to say, but I have some questions... That I need answer. Oh, not. I that. take back what I said about all the sex in this movie being loving. That, that was way off base. That yeah. guy's a piece of shit. That guy's yeah. a piece of shit. Yeah, I don't think he's a piece of shit. I, well, he's, he's not a piece of shit, but he's just he's a horny he's a teenager. Bag. He's a little bit of a douchebag. I mean, he does. It's not that he he's irredeemable. He definitely does good things in the movie, but he's just kind of a stupid. I mean, his teenager. only fall is that he didn't believe in like a fucking crazy thing. But then he <laughs> he yeah, had sex with someone who was in a compromised position because she did believe in the crazy thing. Like he definitely yeah. took advantage of her, and then went and fucked somebody her. else right after. I initially thought that. Now I'm. I well, think whatever. I was wrong. Yeah. D bag or not? Anyway. There's no sense of the gravity. You don't get the sense of him feeling any gravity in that situation. It's just yeah, like no. he seems super stoked. Like, yeah, let's fuck in the hospital bed. Well, who wouldn't be? I mean, I wouldn't be if I was... <laughs> rule one in a horror movie, just don't have sex in the hospital. Is that rule yeah. one? Rule ones don't go in the basement. It's like in the top 20 rules. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> rule 15 But is- then, so she gets it back because Greg has died. Right. And she and her friends, they have a plan. They're going to try to kill it. Right. And what a plan it is. And what a crazy plan it is. They're going to lure it into a giant pool because she loves to swim. There's a lot of scenes of her swimming. And they're going to electrocute this entity. Well, but before that, I want to seek y'all's thoughts on this. There's the weird scene where she goes out to the lake and strips down to her underwear and is going she wades into the water and seems to be considering swimming to a boat and we never see what happens with that did you guys have any the first understanding of what was going on the first time i saw the movie i thought that she was just going out to have for lack of a better word a gangbang yeah me too. yeah i thought she was trying to pass it on but she clearly doesn't um i don't know if she does or not but then I think she didn't go through with it because then later she's talking to the good nerdy kid and she said, he's like, why don't you just have sex with someone? It's easy. You're a girl. And she was like, uh, I thought about it or something like that. Oh, so and someone says that to her earlier in the movie too. Um, I think that the scene where they meet up with Jeff, like he's like, it should be easy for you. Yeah. To, yeah. To pass Maybe I'm getting the scenes confused, but it could they be, do but, ask her after that. But I think scene. that moment is supposed to be like, okay, well, in case you were wondering her conscience will not allow her to just go past this on to a total stranger. Like, we see it, and, like, it's clear that it doesn't happen because she's still being followed. Unless, like, all three of those dudes on the boat got eaten by a shark immediately after she fucked them. Mm-hmm. The three-headed shark? The three-headed shark One just for each. Down. It One all for each comes head. together. I just, I guess if that was the point, I wish I, I wish it had been a little more clearly articulated, because you don't really see her make the decision. She's just waiting in. It's and as far as we know. There. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and the, where weird. is she? Where is she? Like, Well, she's back at the lake house. How did no, she I think she's on Lake, Lake St. Clair. She's, or maybe she's yeah, in Belleville really, or something. Because, yeah, I think she's... It, there's the up north lake that they go to, and then there's also a nearby lake, which is where you see... Um, there's a lot Annie of stuff that dies. happens around the lake. Yeah, the girl at the beginning dies there. Annie. Anyway, Annie. Good with names. Hmm. 
Okay, well, anyways, I d- sorry, I didn't mean to make that big of a detour, but I was just really curious it's an important about that scene. scene. It's, it's, yeah. it's like a minute, and it, it suggests so much, and is left yeah. so open-ended that, it, like, seeing it this third time, I still felt like, I don't really know if I yeah. understand this. But, but yeah, then they come up with this plot to lure it to the pool, which I'm not sure why they bank on that so much in the first place. Why they're like, well, okay, they're, electrocution is definitely well, going to be the key to getting seen, this thing. like, they can... It, it it does have some sort of physical presence because it's attacked Paul with a chair and... It got shot in the neck. It got shot in the neck and it did bleed and stumble. And got right back up. And it got right back up, but like it's not just completely non-physical. So I think that their hope is that this, th- you know... They can, know paralyze they can paralyze it, it or something. Which, I mean, they're desperate. Yeah, I mean, my problem with this whole final sequence which i've had since the first time i watched it is just that it's so much of a very traditional very physical um final confrontation with a horror movie villain that you would see in any other monster movie for a movie that otherwise has been very um you know very metaphysical and the threat is not a traditional physical threat and shooting it has had no effect previously which is part of why it's so creepy and this this um, finale seems so concrete and sort of so traditional to me in a way that just. But it doesn't work. So in a sense, it's like this is the way teenagers, these teenagers think. I guess like, well, let's give it one more shot. Let's do something bigger. Like, what do we have? What can we yeah. do? Like, but there's not a lot of like my well, problem. It's, with this it's part ambiguous of the movie, whether or not it works. Well, it's well, not ambiguous. You see the end scene. Mm. But we don't. But we don't know for sure if that's it. Yeah. My problem with this stretch of the movie, where I feel like it gets to be a bit of a slog, is it feels like it's like trying to buy time before the finale, kind of exhaust all the possibilities that these characters are capable of. But also, it feels like things just kind of start to happen, and I don't hear the characters really talking through it logically. Yeah. Well, it's I like th- oh, suddenly we're they're they've they've come up with this plan for this pool thing, and I don't really know like how they. None of us seem to know how they came to that conclusion that that's ultimately the thing that's going to kill it. Well, I think it's a good scene. I mean, artistically, I loved it. I mean, you have them setting up all these elect- electric like devices along the yeah, side of the yeah. pool. Irons, hair dryers, computers, TVs, space heaters, a lot, like all around this pool. And she's getting in the pool and they're waiting for the thing to show up, you know. And then it does. It takes the form of her dad, which is clearly upsetting. Um... But my question, so, you know, it's attacking her, it's throwing the things at her, but then what's, what's the deal with the, with the, like, this final scene in the pool? I didn't get that. What was the meaning of that? The, like, spreading blood? The blood? I don't know. Presumably they kill it? I don't know. Yeah, because they shoot it in the head, which has not been shown to have any effect in the past, and then there's suddenly this large cloud of blood, which is, I don't know. I don't know. But I, I have no clue. But, you know, the thing is, you have these things in horror movies, and actually the Greg scene, where Greg dies getting strailed to death by his mom, like, I didn't really like that scene either. It's a great concept, but then you have the problem of, all right, it follows. Perfect. What happens when it catches you? Yeah. And how do you kill it? Yeah. Like, whatever happens when it catches you can't be as interesting as it following yeah. you. Yeah. Right. And so when you see it, like, okay, like, that seems kind of arbitrary and dumb that it's just, like, straddling him to death. Or, like, I mean, the opening scene works really well. I like seeing what happens after it's gotten yeah. you. I would rather have seen... Just her. the aftermath. Yeah, like, the mom goes into the room, and by the time Jay gets there, it's Greg has already been fucked up, and he's, like, you know, his arm or whatever is bent back in a horrifying position. Right. Whatever. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then how do you kill it? And I think you see this in other horror movies, too, where they have something that's kind of outside the realm of physicalness, and they come up with some arbitrary way to kill it. Like, I'm thinking of, like, Candyman, where Candyman's, like, kind of an apparition. He's, like, an urban legend. Mm-hmm. And then they, like, drag him into, like, a fire. And it's like, okay, well, I guess the fire kills him. Nothing else has killed him. Yeah. Maybe he's maybe fire will get him. <laughs> yeah. So. But, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, there, it's, it's ambiguous as to whether or not they actually kill it, because in the final scene, well, you, you see Jay and Paul have, they have sex, which is, that's, that's the loving scene to me, because it yeah, feels yeah. so, like, just sort of tentative and awkward and 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 cute um and then they're holding hands and you see a figure at a distance following them and it could just be a person it could be it you don't know well what's great about that is like i feel like this whole movie's been building up to them getting together Mm -hmm. 
And they finally do. And it's like, well, here's the solution. It love. Like, the two of us will stick together, and it's going to follow one or the other of us at any right. given time, and we can handle it together and as that's, a team. And that's like, where that mortality theme comes back around for me, because they're not afraid. They're, they're walking hand in hand. They're mm-hmm. smiling. They seem to have a feeling of acceptance about them. Something is still following them, and you get the sense that it probably always will be, but they don't seem bothered by that. That's it. And I love that ending. As much as the, the pool thing bothers me to a degree, I love the fucking final scene. Yeah, it hit me this on this most recent viewing as hard as it did the first time. Like, it's just so uh, sweet and, and kind of heartbreaking in a way, too, because, like, they're going to be, you know... It's not going to be easy. Mm. Although there is a scene after they have sex where Paul drives by some prostitutes and seems to be considering. Oh yeah, let's talk potentially. About that. Thank you. For should I that. have sex yeah, with I one to pass that. it on? Um, which to me was the, the scene that stuck out the most. Um, and it's so brief too. I mean, it's like he just drives by, and that's it. It's like you know, yeah. a twenty-second thing. Maybe. Yeah. Well, uh, the, the, wouldn't you think of that too? I guess. I mean, he seems so like shy and innocent and sweet, but I, I think he's like thinking of her safety as well in that moment too. And then he probably realizes, like, well, no, it's probably safer if we just keep it close to home with just the two of us. Maybe it's true weakness is true love. <laughs> Well, I mean, you think about that. Obviously, the the monster is a perversion of all things sexual, and it seems to be spread by these uh, really cynical sexual encounters. So, you know, I did wonder about that because I wondered, too, if just by Paul being truly in love with her, if she could reciprocate that, if the if that almost would like if that was the blood scene the like dissipating and i know that sounds really cheesy and i probably too cheesy for this but i did wonder if it was like just the thing was just waiting for like actual true like because he offers multiple times throughout the movie like let me take it mm-hmm. i can do it. it's like the horcrux in the harry potter books you know it's like like they they harry and ron and hermione like give it back to each other all around because they're like let me take it like to take the burden and he seems to genuinely offer that even though he's super into her he also seems to be like no let me take this like burden from you so i mean that's sort of a tender way to view it is that true love defeats it Hmm. i really enjoyed this conversation though because you guys responded to the movie differently than i did like a lot of the stuff that you're talking about didn't uh, strike me very much and I felt frustrated because I felt like I was missing something. Like true but, love. <laughs> right. But hearing you guys discuss it and hearing your interpretation of the ending and stuff and some of the themes makes me appreciate this movie a little bit more. At least it's a movie that you can have a lot of fun talking about and That's the swapping thing, ideas. And like how much of that is in the text and how much of that is us reading into it. In some ways I think that's the quality of a great sort of like like myth um that that it's it's so sort of like amorphous that you can just sort of read into it whatever you want um in some ways though i think this movie is lacking like i i do think that there's there are scenes that are kind of a slug there are sort of logical things that you know i'm not a big i'm not into like logic and horror movies i'd rather work in sort of like a dream mm-hmm. sort of fashion but there are some the questions that i would like to have answered for me to be more emotionally invested in the movie the the biggest achievement maybe of this whole movie to me is just that it successfully just sort of plays against all the expectations you have of a horror movie sure. at this point because just in the sense of that there's a single adversary and it moves slowly like that's such a simple yeah, thing that's what I was saying. but you know so many movies are based on something chasing you even zombies you know or something world appearing war, suddenly there's world war z now where zombies are fucking running at you and this is just a thing just shambling at you at a snail's pace and it's creepy as fuck it really know? did creep me out this time watching it i didn't expect it to but like i got on this movie's wavelength and i was like i had chills quite a few times mm-hmm. i love that there's only one of it too 
Mm-hmm. Like this is is one entity. Yeah, and yeah. Who knows how it was created? What happens when it gets all the way back down the line? Oh, who is I, that person? I want to. It follows prequel so bad. <laughs> yeah, it's not. A, it's not a physical. It proceeds. <laughs> that was good. Interesting. What uh, What is going to follow this episode of the podcast? Well, uh, like we said, for there's going to be a off week. And then we're going to be back, and we're going to be doing Ava's Possessions. We're back to alphabetical order. And that's plural, correct? I believe it's plural. There's multiple Ava's and multiple Possessions. (laughs) Ava's Possessive, and Possessions is plural. Am I right? Ava's Possessions. No, it's Ava's Possessions. Singular Ava, but possibly multiple Possessions. Within Ava. Like, Ava's Possessed multiple times. Yes. Ava Ooh. singular possessive. I think so. Possession. Kind of like plural. Roseanne. Like, does she have like multiple personalities? We'll see. Okay, great. I'm excited. Hmm. So, yeah. So, uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. <laughs> maybe we'll follow you back, or if that's too scary, <laughs> maybe we won't. What if we want to troll us? We'll troll you back. Okay. I guarantee it. Oh, it's guaranteed. It <laughs> used we, to be maybe. Now have we'll... we been trolled? Has anybody trolled us? Greg we, Allen has posted a couple kind of like funny yeah, cute there's been There's Facebook, been some but... mild trolling. Nothing that's We're got me We're looking for more serious stuff. Yeah, I want to hear I want to be from, serious trolling. I want David Robert Mitchell to dox me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Brian David Mitchell could say it in prison, though. Right. Agreed. (laughs) All right. Well, join us then two weeks from today or, you know, two weeks from whenever you're listening to this. Hey, you know what? It's a great time to catch up on our whole library of episodes. Yeah, listen. If you haven't listened to all of them, do it. You'll understand so many more jokes. You'll get to know us so much better. You'll who, get to know who wouldn't we, want to get to know us? You'll get to know why we play this music every time we say J. Mm, love it. <laughs> You'll get to know... The, yeah, Jay, man. We should get... Do you think Jay speaks English? We should get him on the cast. Oh, What's dude, that? that would be amazing. Or we should just... Well, we'll reach out. All right. Yeah. Steve? Make it happen. It doesn't have to be me. Anybody can do it, but I'm happy to. Oh, man, yes. Uh, God bless you. Jay. All right. Anyway. All right. All right. Well, let's get out of here. See you, see you in two weeks. Find us online if you care to. For every horror movie on Netflix, I'm Chris. I'm Patrick. I'm Elizabeth. I'm Steven. And, and who's that behind you, Steven? Wait, what? That girl behind you. Girl? I don't, I don't see, see anything. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God.